You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. So, we're, we're scratching the surface. I feel like we need to quickly move on to, to wide receivers. There's so much to talk about. God, you could spend... You could do a four-hour podcast on this 2020 rookie class, but um, before that's we move why on, our that's why our rookie mock was over two and a half hours long. Yeah, it's a that's an awesome show. So our listeners have a listen to it. Your rookie mock you had on, you know, Nick Whalen. You had on Paul Pertikizi, friend from Saturday to Sunday football podcast. You had on um, who else? Did you Andy have on? Singletary. Yeah, Engels- Yeah, yeah. A- was- Andy Singleton. Yeah, it was it was just one heck of a show. And we had uh, Zach from um, Zach Petroff from the dynasty draft room. So it was a packed show and it took two and a half hours to get through two rounds because <laughs> yeah. all of us just enjoy talking about football. so much. I bet it, flew, it just flies by. What was the and, most, what was your most surprising pick from that draft? Tyler. If Wallace. you, if you stall for me, I can pull it up. <laughs> we'll, we'll stall for you. I, I, before we get into that, we're going to try to have a quick mock draft in the show. We won't go two hours, although that would be fun. Uh, speaking of mock drafts, Travis Entian seems to be like a, a kind of a polarizing player. I mean, cause he's, he's so much fun to watch. I mean, he, he just, he's just, he's just so, so explosive. Um, but it seems people have very real various values on him. You know, there have been, you know, there was a super Lex rookie mock draft. I think it was Dennis app era podcast. Um, it, he fell to 12th in a super flex rookie mock draft. I think in yours, I think he went higher than that. If, if memory serves the one that you guys did. So it seems to me like he's a guy that's going to be kind of all over the place. I mean, I'm sure he'll settle in based on his combine and, you know, draft, draft uh, capital spent on him and landing spot, all that. But what do you guys think of, uh, of ETN? Like right now? I, I think, I think, you know, him falling to 12 is, isn't really a knock on his talent, but more just kind of a testament to how top heavy this class is mm-hmm. with Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift, C.D. Lamb, you know, to a Burrow. I mean, that's that's six or seven guys right there. You know, that's putting them already at almost eight or nine. So, you know, if you throw in another, you know, Justin Herbert or someone that likes Cam Akers and, you know, he's falling to the end of the first round. I mean, he's super explosive. He's a home run hitter. Uh, you know, for me personally, I've got him behind Swift, Taylor, and Dobbins, and, you know, as of today, and, you know, one of the tiebreakers between him and Dobbins is I think Dobbins is just a little bit better pass catcher. So it's not really that Travis Etienne isn't talented. The other guys are just also super talented. <laughs> yeah, and I think the the really crazy stat I read um, from one of my friends, Ray GQ, on Twitter um, is that Travis Etienne had seven fourth quarter carries in the regular 12 games. <laughs> So, it, like, just looking at that stat, like, he's not even playing a whole game, and he's still averaging, what was it, seven yards a carry? So, are, do you want to say that that's all because of the Clemson offensive line? Sure. Do you want to say that the rest of the ACC is trash? Sure. But at some point, you have to you have to give credit where credit is due to the talent of Travis Etienne. And I think that's that's more of a testament to the rest of this class especially in a super flex league that ETN's just going to get pushed down. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. When you dominate when you're supposed to, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be docked for that. <laughs> like that's right. It's, it's a, that's a good thing. And he's, he, he has 32 catches this year. Uh, I, I haven't watched his receiving game. 
if he's lining up anywhere outside of the backfield. But, you know, at least he's uh, hitting a requisite that will matter for draft projections. And maybe all these uh, new analytic coaches that seem to be the hot ticket in the NFL will get bumped up. Yeah, so I, I got to pull up our mock. And I think the the weirdest thing, I think, is that just three wide receivers were drafted in the first round. And then from picks 201 to 208 were all wide receivers. <laughs> that's so super I th- interesting. So I think, but I think that's the same thing that people have been saying kind of this this whole draft season anytime you talk to Debbie guys is that there's a top tier of wide receivers in this 2020 class and then there's eight guys in the second tier and splitting hairs between them I think is going to be difficult but I think you're going to have those top two guys so the top two guys we're, we're talking about Jerry Judy CeeDee Lamb CeeDee Lamb Jerry Judy depends on your preference you guys, Kane, you said you and Caleb agree. Who, who, so who's your wide receiver one? Who's your wide receiver two? Caleb, you can tell him. Uh, my, wide, my wide receiver one is C.D. Lamb. Um, and, you know, me and Kane both love C.D. He's a phenomenal player, uh, you know, phenomenal athlete. You know, he checks all the boxes. Uh, where we're starting to differ a little bit is on Jerry Judy. Uh, I don't think Judy is not talented. But I, th- I think the hype on Judy is starting to climb um, to where, you know, Judy's always been in an offense where there's been a lot of talent around him. Um, and, you know, he hasn't always dominated that talent, which, again, you know, when there's talent around you like that, you're not always going to be the top guy in the offense. Um, and I think a lot of people are mocking Judy to go to teams and be, you know, this alpha wide receiver one on the team. Um, and I think he's better suited as, you know, a compliment piece similar to what Calvin Ridley is to Julio Jones. Um, you know, he's still talented, uh, but I just don't know if he's going to be that alpha one. But, I mean, he's still number two for me uh, because it's still hard to argue, you know, what you watch on tape with him. You know, he's a great route runner. He's elusive. You know, he can stop and start on a dime. Um, you know, he's just the, – the concerns for me are at the top of routes, you know, against bigger defensive backs. You know, they lined him up in the slot quite a bit. Um, I don't know if that's more so because that's how the offense flowed the best or if that's because they were trying to keep him, you know, mismatched against, uh, you know, linebackers and not see as much, you know, man coverage on the outside. But, uh, you know, he's still number two for me. Uh, I've confidently got CD ahead of him. uh, But I think we're going to see a lot of people have Judy ranked as number one. CD did it with three different quarterbacks, too, in college. It's... it's at least a little bit of a side point that there's diversity to deal with there. They're all, I mean, they're all good. And that offensive scheme is incredible, but I think that matters. The one yeah, thing that, oh, go ahead, Kim. I, I think it matters, but at the same time, so I got to have a really fun argument with someone on Twitter where <laughs> I, I basically said that never in the history of college football, have we seen receivers as good as we have on Alabama? And so this, this fun gentleman brought up the 2012 Clemson team, which with, with its own merit, yes, there's good wide receivers and there's good NFL wide receivers on that team. So if we're looking at that team, that's DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, um, Adam Humphreys, Jerron Brown, and Martavis Bryant. So yes, all three of those, or like all five of those guys were decent NFL players, at least for a time before Martavis decided to smoke himself out of the league. But I think the 
the issue is that those, all of those guys on the same team weren't producing at the same time. Like we see with Alabama. When you have four guys over 800 yards, all at the wide receiver position, that's not happening often, right? And you're not seeing guys that are playing rock, paper, scissors to see who's yeah. going to run the touchdown route <laughs> on any team other than Alabama. That's just happening there. So I, I don't think it's a fair assumption for people to just say, well, he didn't even have the most yards on his team. He had the most catches on his team. Like that has to mean something. He's also the best route runner. So he's working a lot more underneath than some of the other guys. And then a guy like Devonta Smith, who had the most receiving yards, but constantly was going a little bit deeper on routes. So I, I don't know really what you're looking for, but Judy's going to check all the boxes from a film standpoint. Yeah. Jerry Judy is so good. And while I appreciate the, you know, he, I feel like he's a secondary piece, like more like a Calvin Ridley, I, I, and once again, you know, I'm not, not a Debbie guy. I don't watch a lot of college film, but, but you know, wh- knowing what I've seen of Calvin Ridley and what I've seen of Jerry Judy, I just feel like Jerry Judy looks like a lot better player. I think he's, I think he's more than just a little bit better than Calvin Ridley personally. So, um, but, but I agree that they're close. Um, you know, if you end up with, with CD or you end up with Jerry Judy, I think you're going to be happy. They're both super exciting guys that you, you, you can both, you can make arguments for them you know, if you wanted to, to go to the, go to the one-on-one. Yeah, Will. Well, and Kate, this is a, a question for you because I don't, I have no idea, but I, I guess on the, the base assumption of what Alabama did this year, how often was Jerry Judy playing in the fourth quarter? And, and, a decent amount. Okay. Because Alabama's all about pouring on points. <laughs> yeah. And they're just facing better competition than Clemson is. So. Yeah, I feel, I, well, I feel like last year, like two of his like, second half stats were pretty low. Like, there, like he wasn't doing as much, but that, I, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just throw the numbers in, like Caleb was talking about, of how often he played in the slot. So in 2018, um, Jerry Judy played 40% of his snaps from the slot, um, which is a lot. Um, and especially, and then if we're moving into what he looked like versus Calvin Ridley, um, well, you know, just Jer- real quick, Jerry I Judy had a good quarterback, and Calvin Ridley had A.J. McCarron. So... So I'm not I'm not comparing his skill set to Calvin Ridley. I'm just saying similar to how Cal- Calvin Ridley has had a productive NFL career, you know, as the number two to a Julio Jones. So but I, that's so, fair. Caleb, in all fairness, I wasn't that wasn't a, like an attack on your take. I, I've heard I've heard other people say that though, not you, where they were comparing like, oh, I I feel that um, you know Jerry Judy's like like Calvin Ridley and skill set. So I I wasn't I'm sorry if I was inferring that you I, I just wanted to clarify cuz I am not comping Jerry Judy to Calvin Ridley. <laughs> he, <laughs> no, he knows cool. I was going to say something. But okay, cool. and, and he's more of a, he's more of a Riley Riley Ridley. <laughs> oh get out of here. <laughs> Riley Ridley, Ridley catching 40% of his catches on curl routes. Like <laughs> you can't even it's run a great anything. Curl else. Route, though. Just Yeah. That's what I'm, happens when yeah. people are playing 10-yard coverage. But in any case um, yeah, but I, think, Riley Ridley. Why I was not a fan of Riley Ridley. Oh. I just, I, I... <sighs> Rough. <laughs> but I think on, on one of the tweets that I had sent out, we were looking, I was kind of just putting the best landing spot, regardless of, of fantasy production. And I think a team that Jerry Judy really fits in well is on Denver. Right. So if you can have two good wide receivers, and I honestly couldn't tell you which one's more skilled between Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, but I think both of them need another guy to take pressure off of them uh, because 
if both of them get doubled, it's going to be really hard for either of them to score. So, um, and I think with Drew Locke, with the ability to drive the ball down the field, I think that's just a making that would, that would really have success. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm trying to say is I don't think Jerry Judy is this untalented bust, but I just we've not really ever seen him have to line up consistently on the outside and, you know, be the center of attention on an offense and, you know, be lined up against the number one cornerback every time, which is why I think, you know, like Kane said, Denver would be an amazing landing spot for Jerry Judy because he wouldn't have to be relied on as a number one wide receiver. Because I think if you, you know, throw him on the Jets and you're relying solely on Jerry Judy to be your team's alpha number one receiver, I think that's where he struggles. But on an offense with Cortland Sutton on the other side of the field, I think he, I think he's, is very good in the NFL in that situation. So uh, that's, that's where I'm kind of seeing people where I think they need to temper expectations is a little bit is, you know, we've never seen him have to be the number one. So to think that he can be thrown into the NFL as a number one wide receiver and produce at this elite level, I think that's where we need to just pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. And we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and there we, we know we saw what happened with, uh, you know, in Tampa Bay with, with Evans Godwin this year, you, you can be that, that second wide receiver and still be a wide receiver one, you know, in terms of fantasy. So uh, guys, there's so many, I, I don't want to jump into a mock draft, um, but gosh, there's so many wide receivers to talk about. That's why it's so impossible to talk, really talk with this class in a concise way. We didn't even way. get back to my question yet. What was uh, oh, like the sorry. earliest surprising pick? Kane, I hope we, uh, we delayed long enough. That was like 20 minutes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for thanks for um, us back. So I think the earliest surprising pick, like Caleb said, was probably at the 109, Tylen Wallace. Um, but knowing that he's going back to school, obviously that would just kind of shift all the picks down. But I think the next surprising pick is I was able to get Najee Harris at the 212 mm, in this yeah, draft. And I, think, and I think that's a bit of a surprise because I think he's a better player than... Um, people think he is and I think he's going to just be drafted higher and as soon as the draft comes that's when his value is really going to start rising up that second round and I think that's another good example of how deep this class you know there was one or two guys that were picked ahead of Najee uh, that I think have announced that they will be going back to school uh, or might be going back to school one being Tylen Wallace the other being uh, Chuba Hubbard but I mean getting Najee Harris at the 2.12 you know, I'm not saying he should have been an early second-round pick, but there's just a lot of guys in the second round that are intriguing that you want to pick, and one of these guys is going to fall. Um, and I think that's what's going to be so exciting about the second round of these drafts is, I mean, you're going to be seeing guys that could go late first, go in the late second because of the depth of this class. Can, we, can I get one more running back take from you guys and get your opinion on him? Is uh, A.J. Dillon. Yeah, baby. I will gladly talk about AJ Dillon, nicknamed the Sauce. AJ the Sauce <laughs> Dillon. Man, Tim will gladly talk about a running back friends. that will have no relevance. Dude, so so Caleb just forgets to open his eyes when he's watching Boston College tape. But I'll give you the lowdown. Uh, so so AJ Dillon, um, I think he's is going to fit the best. Um, it's, well, especially in the NFL, when he's either leading or the second guy on an NFL team. Um, so I think a guy that a place that just makes sense would be Buffalo. 
because um, obviously we know Devin Singletary can't handle the entire workload between the tackles. So a, a guy like A.J. Dillon would make sense. Um, he's a terrific power back. Some people think that he looks slow on tape, but um, we're hearing that he's going to run probably a late 4-4 and early 4-5 at the combine. Yeah. And that's at a very big size of six feet tall, 250 pounds. Oh, so um, A.J. Dillon can move. Um, and he wasn't asked to catch the ball well in college, or excuse me, catch the ball much in college, but he does it really well. Um, so for a guy that big that you can get out in space one-on-one against cornerbacks and safeties, I think is going to be a mismatch in the NFL. And I think that's going to really intrigue some NFL teams. So if you hear AJ Dillon going like late third, early fourth round in the NFL draft, don't be surprised. I'm, I'm worried that I might be pumping him up too. high. right. We've talked about AJ Dillon. I've, Kind of obsessed about his athletic profile yeah. because coming in, coming out of high school, he was two forty five or two fifty, and on his ESPN, you know, like three hundred, uh, where you can find their, you know, what they ran at their high school combine. He ran a four five four and jumped thirty eight point six inches. Uh, he and had a faster twenty yard shuttle than like Etienne. So he he is athletic at least at that point in time. You know, you don't know how these players are really going to develop over time. But I have a, like, I, I, yeah, Cannon with you. I have a big man crush on AJ Dillon. And it's, you know, and I might just be, maybe I'm turning this like old school uh, ground and pound Jonathan Taylor, AJ Dillon fan. Well, and I think I'm going to probably be the loudest AJ Dillon supporter you're ever going to hear in the Debbie community. And, and yeah, I, I like his talent and I obviously like quite a few guys more. I think AJ Dillon's my RB 10 or 11. Um, But I think, I think what draws me to AJ Dillon is, not just his talent, but someone is going to fall in love. Some NFL team is just going to fall in love with a guy that big that can move that well. And they're going to fall in love and really want to draft him high. And I just want people to not be surprised if that happens. Would I also be surprised if he doesn't get drafted until the sixth round? No, but I'm expecting someone to fall in love. It just takes one team. Um, and hell, if Rashad Penny can go in the first round, like AJ Dillon can go in the fourth. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, he's super intriguing. And, and I'm sorry, Caleb, you're you're on an island by yourself, not liking him or being intrigued by him. Because, I, I mean, yeah, is he going to be like a you know go in your first round of your rookie draft? Probably not. Um, but, but man, that the, like he just this athletic freak and just that the speed he has with that size it's he's exciting he's just fun and i and i think he's uh, it'll be interesting to see where he lands and and what a, what an nfl team will spend on him so he's come on get jump on the train man there's plenty of room it's fun he he's not elusive and he has 20 <laughs> career receptions in three years i just i'm not really he did you watch those catches he's athletic for his size yes and as he far looked as, good catching that ball as far as speed but he's, he's just not very elusive in the open field. I mean, unless he – that's where I think his issues are going to be is, like Kane said, I think he'll be a great guy to throw in in the third or fourth quarter when your team's got a 14-point lead and you want to milk the clock. But I just – I don't see him being a fantasy relevant – I think he'll be a better NFL running back than he will be a fantasy football running back. I, I, guess, I guess I'm not dogging him as an NFL player. Right. Uh, because I do, I do see what your guys' points are, you know, what he brings to the table. But I think what you described is not someone that's going to be, you know, 
lighting up the stat sheet that you're going to want to plug into your lineup. But his nickname is The Sauce. Like, how are you not on AJ the sauce, Dylan? Like, <laughs> put in your favorite sauce, pizza, man, and it's right the there. Sauce. Whatever you're di- dipping your chicken nuggets in, that's AJ Dylan. Like, <laughs> come on, hop on board. Yeah, and we're not expecting him to be CMC or, or even like a, like a Derrick Henry, the he's guy like, that's like 40 pounds ball. heavier than CMC. Yeah, no, but what I'm <laughs> saying is like in terms of, I'm talking to what he's going to do for a fantasy team. I mean, you know, like maybe a better comparison is like a Derrick Henry. I'm not, we're not even saying he's going to be a Derrick Henry. I don't, I mean, maybe you guys are, but there are, there are guys that don't catch a lot of balls. that still have value even in PPR leagues. So I think he's a guy that, you know, maybe he gets in the right situation where you plug him into your flex and you're happy you have him on your team because he certainly would have some, touchdown upside of the goal line uh so it's like it's like a jordan howard style nfl yeah, career yeah there's something go. that i could see right so matt forte gets hurt and then matt forte gets traded and then all of a sudden he's the guy and they just don't have anyone else and they're like well he's good enough like he's it's a running back so he's good enough and like if if you happen to get like two like 900 yard seasons out of a third or fourth round rookie pick that's a steal and that's something that I could see happening with A.J. Dillon, and that wouldn't surprise me. All right. Shall we attempt to do a relatively brief Superflex rookie mock draft? Or do we want to talk? We, we very much glance over wide receivers. And this, the idea was behind this was just to have you guys on, talk about this 2020 rookie class, just give you know our listeners that haven't started to dig into it yet just a, a bit of a preview how deep it is. And as you can see, there's so many guys to talk about. Uh, but is there, are there any wide receivers we have to mention? Like it's uh, – it, we're, it's it's uh, podcast malpractice if we don't mention them that we haven't mentioned. Where are you guys on T. Higgins? He's my wide receiver three. Uh, I don't know exactly where I have him. I think he's at three or four. Okay. I could see him uh, jumping up ahead of some of the running backs. Again, if uh, they have a good college football playoff final. I think we're going to see it's going to be hard to keep away the bias if he really splashes, you know, when everybody's watching that game. Because, I mean, we play with regular, you know, we, we, we do all this uh, study and research on these players, but then when it comes to your draft time, we play with uh, real people who don't do the same things. So I, I could see him jumping up. But he's a guy that I just don't know. I feel like he was higher coming into the season. I feel like, people, like I had higher expectations for him, and then he's just been kind of lost. But being wide receiver three in this class is still really, really good. See, I, I kind of think the opposite. I think T. Higgins came into the year a little under the radar because of what Justin Ross did last year. And I don't think Justin Ross was a better player than him. I think Justin Ross kind of benefited from being the number two on a Trevor Lawrence-led offense. Uh, and this year, T. Higgins kind of re-stepped in and let Justin Ross know, hey, you know, I'm the number one here. Uh, in the last few weeks, people have finally started to go back to, oh, yeah, that's right. T. Higgins is incredibly talented. We probably shouldn't have faded him after he was the number two on his team for one year. Uh, so I, I think it's – I think people are coming back around uh, on him to realize, you know, how talented this dude is. Well, you just saw how much the Clemson offense changed as soon as T. Higgins got hurt against Ohio State. And yeah. I think that means a lot with – with a team that has as many weapons as, as and as many five-star wide receivers as Clemson does for them to miss one guy. And all of a sudden it changes everything like that. 
that means a whole lot. And so T Higgins this year put up a 72% catch rate, which is great. Uh, 15 yards per target. So he had 900 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. Like he's not a slouch. (laughs) He's a great player. Uh, T Higgins with a dominator rating this year of 27.9. So he's going to check all the boxes for both film guys and analytics guys. And I think people are just going to have to get on board. Uh, And I think that's one guy that could fall down rookie drafts a little bit um, because I don't see him going in the first round of the NFL draft. I see him going in the second round. And I think that's when guys like Chenault and um, Jalen Rager and um, Henry Ruggs are going to rise to the first round. And you're going to be able to get really great talent in the second round. Yeah, he, he fits that profile. I love alpha dogs when it comes to wide receivers, almost to a fault. So Definitely to a fault. <laughs> yeah. <it's> a... <laughs> but, but I think Higgins is one of those guys that, yeah, the, the, he, he might be a good bet this year, Will. I, I, I like him a lot. I, I like him as a wide receiver three. I, I, and I think some of these, yeah, I mean, we, we need to do a whole show about wide receivers because some of these wide receiver names are, are super intriguing. But I wonder at the end of the day, A, how they're going to pan out in the NFL, and, and B, what they're – fantasy value ultimately will be, um, you know, Henry Ruggs, uh, you know, he's, he's super intriguing, but I just don't know what he's going to be, you know, in the NFL and in terms of a, a fantasy asset or dynasty asset. I mean, he's one of those guys that uh, he feels a little bit boom busty to me. I don't, I don't know. You know, um, Chenault is a, another guy that's, that's interesting to me because it seems like he has all the talent in the world, but is he going to put it together in the NFL? So he, I, I he's one of those, I think Chenault's one of those guys like Kane said earlier, He's going to be more valuable to an NFL team than he is your fantasy team because I think Chenault is uber talented as far as versatility. You know, he can line up on the outside. He can line up in the slot. He can line up at running back or quarterback. or You can put him anywhere on the field, and he's, he's going to do damage. Uh, but the way that they used him in college like that kind of worries me how that will transition to the NFL because he's got a super, super limited route tree because he was never expected to line up as a wide receiver, 100% of plays, um, you know, which kind of restricted his growth as a wide receiver, being that he didn't play wide receiver. So uh, I, I'm a big Chenault fan, but it worries me how Colorado used him, how that will affect him transitioning to the NFL. And was it, was it K.J. Hamler that we talked about earlier? Was the most surprising pick? Uh, Tyler Wallace. Yeah, Tyler Wallace. Sorry, yeah, we haven't mentioned Hamler, but he's another intriguing name. Um. Yeah. So there, there's. You know he's going to test really well. He's coming from Penn State. That's right. <laughs> those, those guys are ready for the combine. No, there's a lot of those intriguing guys that are going to go. You know, rounds three to five in the NFL draft. That it's going to be easy to fall in love with them. <laughs> so let's let's do. I I know um, Caleb. Did you you have to jump off, or you have enough time to join us if we just if this mock draft quickly? Uh, I'm, I'm unfortunately, I'm going to have to jump off here. I'm already a little over my time limit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, well, thanks for joining us. You want to say anything about what what you're doing, what you're up to, what are you going to write for DLF? You got your first, uh, you have any articles on there now or they come in? in Uh, nothing's published yet. Uh, you know, we, Kane and I are going through Ryan's, uh, camp of how to write and, (laughs) uh, just finally got started on some things. So, uh, Hopefully we'll have all I and Kane too. Uh, we'll have some stuff out in the next few weeks, but uh, I'm sure Kane will plug the show plenty uh, at the end of the show. But uh, 
just want to thank you guys for letting us jump on here. It's, it's always a good time. And, uh, you know, let us talk rookies because, you know, Kane and I talk about them once a week on our show, and we still were both like, hell yeah, we want to jump on another show yeah. and talk about the same stuff thank we talked about coming. Monday. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Kane, uh, show well at the end for me, my man. All right, see you, buddy. <laughs> see you guys. See ya. All right, let's jump to the mock. I think Will's changed the draft order, so now it's a it's a three three man mock, and and I get the one hundred one. Will, thank you. I, I, I wanted to put you that. on the spot. I think this should be fun. Yeah, you know what? I, I'll go. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to go contrarian or not. But um, so if it's a super flex draft, well, first of all, I like your idea of like shopping it around, especially with this draft class. So I'm going to well, shop I, it around. I think. I think honestly, that's when you're going to get the most value, um, because. This is going to be one of those few drafts where, weirdly, the pick is going to be more valuable than the player picked there. Um, so let them make their own decision. Hell, if you can trade back to the 103, you might still have a shot at, uh, at Burrow. And that's, that's where he was taken in our mock draft, was at 103. Wow. Hey, Will, do you, do you want to trade up to the 101? For your 103, uh, maybe Ryan. This uh, is a mock draft. There's no trading, so we can uh, tra- stop. It's our sh- it's stop our filibustering. You were asking if we could swear. I'll I'll drop something so we can start swearing. It's our fucking podcast. Well, we can <laughs> we can trade if we want to trade. Yeah, and I don't want to. We want. I want to force you to take the 101. Been, I was looking forward to this. The like 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> past time when I typed it in there. <laughs> all right, all right. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to imagine. It's a super flex league, and damn it, this is hard having the one one in this draft. Let's go six uh, points per passing touchdown. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Tua. I like Tua a lot, and I'm just gonna take him with the one on one. It's a mock. I, I I like him over Burrow, and and if we're not training, fine. I'm gonna go with Tua just to maybe shake things up a little bit. Maybe it's a dumb pick, but I don't care. Yeah, I'm going DeAndre Swift at the one oh two. And he and he was tempting for me, but I just felt super flex. Uh, yeah, obviously. Uh, our listeners don't want to hear this, but it, it's worth saying. It's also leads league specific too. You know, I, I think it makes sense to shop and trade and try to do what you can. But depending on my situation, most of my superflex leagues, I feel really good about my quarterback situation. I, I would be real tempted to go with Swift, despite the superflex. I always want to go with QB. So, Will, what about you? You can take take Burrow here or what? Yeah, I'll go Burrow. I'll I'll relax back since I'm forced to pick here. Uh, I don't trust why running back evaluations at this point in time to really plant a flag heavily uh, that. So I am copying out. All right. Right. I'll trade you the one Oh five for the one Oh six. So we don't no, go no, back no. <laughs> no, 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 I, no, I'm, right. I'm, I'm picking here and I am going to go uh, Jonathan Taylor with the one Oh four. I'm very happy with, with Taylor being here at the one Oh four. And then at the one Oh five, man, this is tough. Because I I like to go running back early, but you know I I know it's going to be team specific. You know I will go. Although I'm going to regret passing on running back, but I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb here. Good pick. So I like how this has started, Will. For me, I got I got two at the 101. I got Taylor at the 104, and I got C.D. at the 105. So you've got the 106, Will. What are you What are you going to do? Yeah, and. Uh, he, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jerry Judy over J.K. Dobbins. All right, Jerry Judy at the 106. So, Kane, you got two picks back to back. 107, that means, 108. That means I can always follow my format of draft running backs 
and trade for wide receivers. So, of course, yeah. I'm going to go back-to-back running backs here, and I'm going to go J.K. Dobbins and Etienne. I love it. That's good. Oh, you're typing in. I because I love over. both of them, and I think they're both going to be great players in the NFL. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. You got – you get these guys in the one. These are all different teams, guys. These are twelve different teams. We're just having fun here. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. It, it, yes, that's fine. We could have made up team names and that kind of fun stuff. But we're trying to go quickly here and, and have some fun, and we are. So, Will, you've got the one hundred and nine. So, um, maybe I'm I'll gonna read- go, yeah, I'm going to go Cam Akers. Right, Makes sense. Cam- he's my he's my running back five. <laughs> so you're going right along my rankings here. He's he's typing he, yeah he's he's texting those to me in the background. Mm-hmm. Is that what's going We're on? We're in a text basis, Ryan. Sorry. You're doing? So just just to recap, if you're listening and you're you're lost already, uh, we got Tua, Swift, Burrow, Taylor, CD, Judy, Dobbins, Etienne, and Acres off the board. Not the first nine picks in the Superflex rookie mock draft. Kane, you're back up at the one ten. Um, so this is where things start to get a little hairy for me. Um, so if, if you're, if you're kind of wondering my thought process here, um, I think it's a little too early to go, um, my quarterback three at the one ten. I think that's a hair too early. So now we're looking at tier two running backs or we're looking at tier two wide receivers. Um, so that's when things kind of really get hairy for me. So if I'm choosing between two people, I'm either choosing behind, um, between Chuba Hubbard from uh, Oklahoma State or T. Higgins from Clemson. And I'm probably going to go T. Higgins here. Um, I just think he has better upside than um, Chuba, who would end up being, could be like a running back six or seven in this draft. If Akers had been there, if Will left him on the board, would you have taken him in yes, 110? Easily. Draft running backs, trade for wide receivers. Yeah, we're kind of also team draft running back. So this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out if we go two rounds. Um, it's going to be the exact same as the rookie, the two-round rookie <laughs> mock we did, where all of a sudden wide receivers are going to be flying off the board in the second round. It, it seems that way. Will, what about you, the 111? Yeah, so, so for me, the, the running back grouping – I'm just not really in love with one of those running backs yet. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is, is very tempting, uh, but I, I feel I, I don't know. I feel like despite the height, I still like Justin Herbert, and then we also have the, the alpha dog T Higgins, and uh, I've always really liked Lavisca Schultz. This is actually tough for me, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go T Higgins here, and which is odd because I promise when it comes That's to my actual drafts, I don't. I'm not a big draft wide receiver early <laughs> T- guy. Time out. Time out. Time out. That's time out who I floor. picked. Higgins was it went Oh yeah, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. Damn it. Uh, let's pivot that down then. Let's I know Justin it was Herbert. a good pick. <laughs> I thought you drafted Kane Higgins. It's such a good name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but like that was such a space case. All right, I'm, I'm actually T's brother. So yeah, <laughs> you're, you, you're, uh, both your games mimic each other. Yeah, basically. So we'll stuck here a little bit at the 111. The no, I'm, going Herbert. Wanted... I'm going to go Herbert. Oh, man. I think he's going to be a first-round draft pick, and let's just say he gets a decent starting opportunity and throws a few touchdowns, and then I'm moving, I'm moving him for, for another piece. Give me well, Matt hell, Stafford for Herbert. When, if, you're, you know. if you're even in a 12-team, 
anytime you can get a starting a starting quarterback as a bye week fill in, it's easily worth the price of a first round pick in a rookie draft. And we really preached this last year with Daniel Jones because he was falling to the second round in superflex drafts, and we were like, you know, he's going to get a starting opportunity. Uh, we don't really have a hard enough stance on anybody else here, so. This I is took him out at the 212 value. in a Superflex rookie mock, or in a Superflex rookie draft last year. Yeah, and now, that, yeah, now, now he's now he can move. Like, he has so much value. It's just crazy. Anyway, Ryan? Well, I also, I also drafted Haskins at the 112, so what can you do? But Haskins could be coming back. Right. In value, yeah. So knowing that I'm in a draft with guys that like running backs and looking at the running backs that are left on the board and knowing I have some picks ahead, I guess I know this is, we're supposed to be looking at team specific things, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Najee Harris here, which is, is probably too early, but I, I, I like Najee Harris. And um, even though it's not great value, I'll reach a little bit because I want to get him on my team. So that leaves me with the two Oh one. And I guess I'm going to go – I'm going to start to look at these wide receivers because I just don't love the quarterbacks that are left, although Fromm is intriguing to me a little bit. I, I think I'm going to go with uh, Henry Ruggs. Oh, okay. Because I, uh, I do think there is a world where he, he could be a, a really interesting – dynasty asset um you know obviously really talented player as we've as we've seen and i don't know he could be interesting if he goes to the right spot and the team uses him correctly i think yep and i'm gonna go with uh i guess another wide receiver uh, well hold on i gotta just check the list really quick because i clearly can't read or listen here i'm gonna go oh. hubbard all right you're fine i was thinking yeah the Oh, I forgot. I forgot that Hubbard was left. I, I just I'm kind of assuming he's going back. That's a great pick. I, I should have taken him at the 112. And and we're hearing that he's going to go back. Um, Tylen Wallace put out a cryptic tweet, basically implying that Chuba Hubbard was going to come back to school. And as a redshirt sophomore, I don't blame him. So, who knows what'll happen? But that'll make the Ohio, or the uh, Oklahoma State offense really potent next year and really give you something to watch. Yeah. And, and also like if you got to, th- I, I wonder how these guys, I'm sure listen to their agents and is his agent saying to him, this wide or this running back class is loaded and you're going to be better off coming out in 2021. I mean, someone's going to be giving that advice, right? Yeah. And people are already giving him running back one in the 2021 right, class. Right. Right. So that, that doesn't surprise me that move to come back in a really weak class Seems similar to what Kylan Hill's doing. Yeah. So, Kane, you, you, you got the two of three here. Um, I'm going to take Jalen Rager. It's an easy choice for me. He's my wide receiver four. Yeah, we didn't really talk about him we uh, on the show tonight. And I'm just very intrigued because he's one of the guys that I knew he, he was very high up coming into the season, but I have not looked into him yet. Uh, I I think Jalen Rager might be the most explosive wide receiver in this draft. Um, So if you're in Devi leagues, buy him now because he had a really down year because they had some terrible quarterback play. Um, So buy him now. And as soon as that combine hits, he's going to shoot up drafts. Um, I have a friend that 
talks to Jalen Rager quite a bit. And Jalen Rager is saying that he's going to be uh, low four threes possible in the four twos. Uh, he, he squats 630 pounds as a freshman. Um, so this guy is going to be a physical phenomenon. And he's just going to rock it up boards. So if you're in a Debbie league, go ahead and buy him now. Um, he can do everything on the football field. He's a natural born punt returner, so he can do everything in space. Um, so teams are really going to find ways to get him in space, similar to um, how teams were utilizing Deshaun Jackson early in his career. That's not the greatest comp, but you know, getting him down the field, letting him be one-on-one against um, kind of the second or third cornerback, and then a lot of quick screens and really getting him in space and letting him use his speed and his agility. You think he's going to uh, be faster at the combine than, um, than Ruggs? You think he'll be yes. the fastest wide receiver? Yeah, interesting. Wow. All right. No, no, I, I think if Hubbard was in the draft, Ruggs would be the third fastest 40. Oh. Hmm. Behind A.J. Dillon and who else? <laughs> Behind Chuba Hubbard and, uh, and Rager. But I, I love A.J. Dillon, though. I'm gonna I'm, go. I'm glad the haters not here. <laughs> I, at the two, I've got the two of four. I'm gonna go uh, Jake Fromm. Uh, d- just to take a quarterback here. I I don't know. There's a is there. A ch- I, I'm not even sure where he's predicted to go, but I think there is a chance he could go pretty early. Well, we'll see. Uh, it's just a, a speculative pick at this point because it's super flex. I'm still hearing five quarterbacks in the first round. Wow. Of the NFL draft. So so, so who are the the, obviously, you've got Tua, um, you've got Burrow, then I guess... Herbert, Fromm, and Eason. And Eason, really? That's interesting. He has all the traits you want. Yeah, but I was, I was looking at, and I don't have them on the show sheet, unfortunately, but I, I was looking at his, um, his you know, college numbers, and they, they didn't seem terribly impressive to me. And not that that's everything, but um, I don't so, know. I, I so, mean, I, I think... I think if you're playing a really fun drinking game or you want to f- play a fun drinking game, just pull up some Washington film and every time a wide receiver drops a ball, take a shot, you won't make it through the third game. Like oh, there was more drops on that Washington team than Jonathan Taylor fumbles in his career. Like it, it was rough. It seemed to be like six a game. And I think part of it you can put on the wide receivers, but part of it um, has to do with just the touch that Eason puts on the ball. And he doesn't seem to be using the right amount of touch on short passes. And he still uses that gun on a slant route that maybe you don't need to bullet that ball in as fast as possible. Um, so definitely something he needs to work on. Yeah. I know what it was about him. I looked him up. He is six six. <laughs> so he he uh fails my um my qb height test he's so you hate trevor like an inch and a half for the combine maybe these guys can shrink i I, i'm i'm yeah i'm just kidding of course but um but that that is interesting and um admittedly i've i've watched zero of him but yeah i mean i mean i guess his numbers aren't horrible he still completed 64 percent of his passes this past year even with all the drops and well, and, and this, yeah. you, have, you have to realize this was his first full year starting, too. So he started at Georgia. Um, he ended up getting hurt. Fromm took over. And then he, sat, he went to Washington, sat behind Jake Browning. 
um, when he transferred there, who was originally signed by the Vikings, Skull. And, uh, as <laughs> they an, gave him like a nice signing bonus too. Yeah, 50 grand for a UDFA, which is one of the more expensive ones uh, since Lyle Collins. But, but Brian is bad at college. It's odd to me. But. Yeah, well, you know, he didn't really fit in that system much. I don't yeah. think either. Um, but that, that's a story for another day. But this was his first full year starting. Um, so if, if you want to give the same knocks that you're going to give to Trubisky coming out of school, um, feel free. But Trubisky didn't have the same um, like mechanics and um, just throwing prowess that you see in a guy like Eason. Hmm. And he's going to shoot up boards, and um, don't be surprised when he goes much higher than you want him to. So we've got the 205 in the, in the show sheet. It, it, Caleb's name is there, and he's not here. So who did Caleb trade the 205 to? Well, I would assume might... he traded it to me. Yeah, it's either you or I can't because <laughs> Ryan has three picks left. We each have two. So I'm going to assume it's mine, and he traded it to me just so I could take my favorite player in all of college football. All right. <laughs> and that's, of course, Tyler Johnson from the University of Minnesota, Sky Yuma. Where do you think he goes in the NFL draft? So he honestly is so confusing. I've heard people saying that he's a seventh-round talent. I've heard people saying if he happened to be there in the third, that would be a steal. So I'm – he he's honestly one of those guys that's just all over. Um, so I'm really not sure what he's going to do. And that's going to be a really tough one for a lot of people to decide. And um, I think next we just have to wait to see what he's going to do in the shrine game. And I assume yeah. he's going to tear up the East West shrine game. He, then he's going to get invited to the senior bowl, which I don't know how he wasn't invited to the senior bowl to begin it's with. Ridiculous. After Jim Nagy put out a tweet, in September after he made a great catch and said, I don't know how this guy can't be coming to the senior bowl. And then he doesn't invite him to the senior bowl. So (laughs) that was just when I heard that he accepted his invite to the shrine game, I was floored. And I was like, am am I missing something on Tyler Johnson? Is he not in NFL eyes as good as what we think he is? And it scared me quite a bit actually. And and that was the exact same thing that was running through my head as as the guy that had Tyler Johnson as his profile pick on Twitter for the entire year. Um, that definitely scared me. Was it dropping that fourth down pass against Iowa? Don't talk to so, me right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that hurt. But, you know, I think he's played well. I think he's the second best route runner in this class. Um, and I think if you can find a place that needs a good slot wide receiver, um, like Washington, um, a place like the Vikings could use one um, if they want to keep Thielen and Diggs on the outside. Um, really, anywhere that wants a decent slot wide receiver that's a great route runner, I think he fits in well. Um, so, man, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the NFL draft. Yeah. Like, I just watched draft day, and I'm already hyped. Like, <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I, I think Tyler Johnson has a chance to be, like, a, yeah. a fantasy starter for you sooner rather than later and be a really great value where you're going to be able to get him. Well, okay. especially in all, in all these leagues that, you know, you start with two wide receivers, but then you have three or four flex positions. Like at some point 
you are going to have to play guys like Tyler Johnson, and I think he's going to excel after he gets used to the uh, NFL system. You know, speaking, Kane, before you make your 206 pick, speaking of NFL draft, we have two, the last two years done the drafter party. So the, the first night, and usually second night of the NFL draft, we'll do a, a live show. Um, we'll invite people. Um, so it, it, just throwing that out there. If, if you're a free agent draft night after the draft on day one or day two, you're, you are welcome to join us as, as a so, so I won't. Um, I'm going to be in Vegas for the NFL draft. Ah, nice. Um, yeah, but but hit up Caleb. He'll, I think he's free. Yeah, so we just happened to buy tickets with uh, Zach from the Dynasty Draft Room. So it's nice. me, my wife, and Zach and his wife that are all going to go down there together and um, just spend a few days at the NFL draft um, and meet up with Jesse Reeves and a bunch of other guys. And I think it's going to be a really good time. Oh, no doubt. That'll be, that'll be a blast at school. Very cool. Um, we should probably start to fly through this here. We're, we're getting close to, to my bedtime anyway. So, um, well, let's get, let's do, uh, even though Will is, has disappeared for a second. Let's do oh, lightning yeah, round. My, my 206 here. Yeah. The um, 206. We got kind of weird with the order. Yeah. So I'm, I'm between, between two guys here, either Justin Jefferson or Brandon Ayuk. Um, I think both are extremely talented but I think I'm going to just ride the hype train of Justin Jefferson on this one. Yeah, that's, I, I like, I like that pick. Uh, he, he yeah, t- man. I, I mean, you can say the same thing um, uh, uh, about um, um, Burrow, but you know, Jefferson's also one of these guys, just like such a high riser, you know, kind of, kind of coming from nowhere seemingly. And, um, well, and I, I think it's a little odd too with Jefferson as, as we kind of stall for Will to get back here for his pick. But I think it's odd for Jefferson because he wasn't the one in throughout the season that was easily Jamar Chase. And then all of a sudden he shows up to this game against uh, Oklahoma and he goes, what, 11, 13 for 200 yards and four touchdowns? Cr- yeah, crazy. And you're like, well, all right, this guy's got it. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Will, we're, we're kind of lightning around in it here towards the end so that you get the 207. Oh, yeah. Ed, I had to double-check the, the list. I'm going to take the, the home run shot here. I'm going to go LaVisca Chenault. Oh, Chenault still on the board. Ooh, great pick. I wouldn't draft him, so. Oh, wow. Um, interesting. You don't think it's worth it, though? We're here in the late, late second round, mid-late second. I mean, he's still on the board. Isn't that a pretty good value for Will? Not, it, it could be for him. I just don't like him. Um, I think it could he's be a, for me. That's not like a, a slight. Well, I, I just think he's a really poor route runner, and I just don't know how many fantasy points he's going to put up, and I want guys that are going to be a little more consistent than yeah. a guy like Chenault. It's a, full, it's a full upside pick here, like late in the second. It's uh, Assuming he's going to get some decent draft capital, that – I don't know. I, I guess I'm baking on a value there. I'm a known Chenault hater, so that's all right. I, well, so I've got two picks back-to-back with 208. Now that you've dropped that knowledge that, that Eason could be a first-round pick, I'm going to take him here um, just because I feel that's good value. If he goes in the first round of the NFL draft, you get him at the 208 to Superflex. Okay, I'll sign up for that. And then I'm going to go with uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, who... Uh, I think it was Nick Whalen on your um, your amazing mock draft podcast that was, was talking him up, and and he's a guy that I, I think in um, you know even last year as a, as a Debbie prospect was getting a little buzz, and you know I think I think he's a running back that could 
you know, land in a good spot. And based on what I know of him, give some good value at the two and nine. So I'll, I'll take, I'll take Keyshawn Vaughn there. And that's, and that's a favorite of Nick Whalen's too. Yes. And, and um, yeah, I, I think, I think that's good. I, I think two and nine is a pretty good place for him. It's so just because he was at Illinois. Well, yeah, I was going to say that I shouldn't take him because he basically left Illinois to go to Vanderbilt. But, um, but Hey, there's a tie there. So I'll, I'll take the guy that is sort of an Illinois alum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's let's bring it home, guys. Two ten. Will yeah, I'll go? You know Benjamin. Yep. You know, Kane. Quickly, how do you feel about you know Benjamin? Because he's he's a guy that seems to his stock has certainly fallen. I mean, um, in- um, well, I think so. There's two main issues. I think the first is he likes to dance behind the line of scrimmage a bit too much. Um, so Nick kind of brought it up that he kind of likes to play a game of Frogger behind the offensive line. Um, and that's just not what I want to see out of a running back. And then the second thing is that he had three total fumbles his first two years in college and last year hit 10. So we're not really sure what happened. Obviously we know that the fumble issue can be fixed, um, but that's just not something I want to bank my money on. Yeah, fair enough. So your last pick here at the two eleven. I don't know if I like Kane anymore. <laughs> I, I I deal with facts. No, but. it's a yeah. We're no, we're just going through the, the late second round, taking my shots here. And every time I said it, I can just makes this face that like, like he's just like just struggling to squeeze out a turn. Like, yeah, so those man. are all Will's picks. Say say who you would pick here, so I can pick the opposite. Um, no, I'll I'll go with um Brandon Ayuk here, um out of Arizona State. How do you spell his last name? I guess A I Y U K. Um, quick, quick synopsis of, of Brandon Ayuk. Um, so you'll see him at the Senior Bowl. Um, so I'm glad he got an invite there. Um, he's he's really talented. I I think if you happen to watch any Arizona State or by chance like um, Oregon State, if you watched Isaiah Hodgins at all, I think they're really really similar players. Um, he, he's a pretty good route runner. Um, he's really good at 50, 50 balls. They kind of turn into about 70, 30 balls nice. when, when he gets in the air and deep down the field. Um, and he just has a lot of traits that I think are going to be coveted by the NFL. So really don't be surprised if you're seeing that name a little higher in the NFL than you might originally think. All right. I like it. We, we will look for him. We love the senior bowl. We're big senior bowl fans. And yeah, I, I think he's good. He's really going to show well there. Um, probably the first time that he's played with um, good quarterback talent too. Um, so that's definitely going to be something for him to watch. And you guys know who I'm taking the two twelve, right? Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess you're going to go Jalen hurts. No, actually I'm going to go AJ Dillon, our, our guy. I mean, we talked about him so much. He's got to be I know, t- I kind of wish I would have taken him over Eno <laughs> after I said it, but yeah, so I'm just going to go obviously with the fun fun pick to close it, AJ Dillon. Um just we talked about him already just for, just for fun. Yeah, and and, and he's definitely a guy, you know, had we not talked about Dillon, Jalen Hurts was a guy that I certainly would have considered. Um, you know, Hamler from from Penn State, you know, I was you know, what I saw of him I liked, so he was a consideration there as well, so yeah, so out of out of all the guys that were picked, I think the only two that um, weren't picked out of the rookie mock that we did on ours was uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Brian Edwards. I was just so, I, I was just going to mention uh, Kane to get your opinion on how this year ha- what what's done to Brian Edwards. Um, 
I had someone really adamant on Twitter try to tell me he's the next Michael Thomas, and I can't see that. But I think he's a good player. I think he's going to be a possession wide receiver. And I think people just have to understand that they don't have as much value in the NFL as they used to. Um, and, you know, I think he's, he could be your wide receiver three. He could be a wide receiver three in fantasy. Um, and if you want to take him, you know, at the 212 or early third round, um, go for it. I don't think that's going to be a bad choice. Yeah, we've talked about Hilaire before on the show, and he, he's kind of an interesting guy. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. And um, Yeah, what, if, what, you want, if you want a really, really um, a much more in-depth analysis of, of running backs, listen to the, uh, the third episode of the Debbie Marketplace. Somehow we got Jay Moyer um, on, who works for Matt Waldman, RSP. Oh, nice. And he basically just works on running backs and watches their film and breaks it down on Twitter and really gives you a nice, uh, a nice synopsis of that. If you want to look him up on Twitter, that's at J, the letter J, J Moyer FB. Um, but we had him on and he just gave us a huge X's and O's of like running backs and, uh, you know, offensive lines and what to look for for players and I think probably the most beneficial thing I've ever heard someone tell me um, you can let me know if this is beneficial for you guys but he looks at guys either either in the NFL or the NFL draft in four main buckets so the first is that bell cow the second is could they lead a two-back system the third is would they be good paired with another running back that can lead a two-back back system so kind of that second guy could be a spell back or something like that and then that fourth bucket is the bell cow and that is the least important of all the buckets um and i think hearing him say that kind of like gave a little bit more clarity to me when i'm thinking about running backs and why i want to draft certain ones oh we'll definitely check that out yeah we'll we'll put that in the in the show notes of the podcast so others just just click directly to your pod so they can check it out yeah and it it was just a really really interesting conversation um so much more in depth than i thought it was going to be and we went over the hour mark again so i'm sorry about that that's fine you know we we've talked (laughs) we just appreciate your time yeah we appreciate your time and you know, Will and I have talked about this on the show. You know, we've tried to keep it to 40 minutes to an hour, but sometimes there's just so much to talk about. This time of year, especially. So, um, came with that, we should wrap up the show, though. What, oh, anything? No, let, me, let me do my, my oh, uh, I'm sorry, draft hot take, Ryan. Uh, if you noticed on the show sheet, there's talking points from Wilbur. Oh, uh, I was just glassing, glassing with everything. some draft speculation. <laughs> uh, I think Trent Williams gets traded from the Redskins to the Colts for a second round pick. All right. That's, uh, like, that would be a win-win for both of those teams. Colts have a lot of cap space, and it could bolster their offensive line, and they have a lot of picks. There's more to that if you really want to get into it. Uh, I don't think the Texans take a running back. Their first pick is in round two. They don't pick again until round four, and then they have their fifth and like, the seventh. Uh, I, I just don't see them take, taking a, a running back in round two and not adding anything else to the team. Uh, I actually think the... And I was I was looking at this specifically because the you know the Chiefs is always this dream landing spot for a good pass catching running back, and I was like I don't know what their really draft capital is. They're actually in a better spot than I thought, so I, I could see them adding adding one of these guys, especially with the the running back production they've gotten this year. Okay, and, and also Ryan, your bears your bears are screwed. 
<laughs> Tell us something we don't know. <laughs> it, it was funny because this this week there was this speculation on, on Chicago Sports Radio about like Tom Brady might sign with the Bears. It's a possibility. And what a game changer that would be. It, I mean, really, that's what we have to talk about. You now, have now. no money. <laughs> Or picks. Well, their, cap situ- <laughs> their cap situation actually isn't as bad as people think it is. I mean, you know, the, the reporters have talked about things they could do to clean it up. But was, was that before or after the re-signing of Eddie Jackson, though? Yeah. I mean, essentially, the Bears are screwed. I mean, no matter what, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. But anyway, our listeners don't want to listen to um, me be depressed about the Bears. They want to listen to more rookie talk and other things. And we need to wrap, we need to wrap it up. Don't have Sammy, at least they don't have Sammy Watkins, the number one salary cap wide receiver the 2019 season, and if he stays on the Chiefs, the 2020 season. That's true. That's very true. Jay's worth uh, $21 million next year, and if they cut him, um, they can save 14 So you can pr- kind of see that writing on the wall. So uh, go trade for Michael Hardman. There you go. I like that. That's a great, that's a great uh, closing thought, Kane. So you want to tell our listeners that you talked about you're, you're on tw- you know, where you can find you on Twitter, what you're doing, what you're writing, that type of stuff. Yeah, so uh, – I'm on Twitter at Devi underscore Kane. You can follow my co-host of the Devi Marketplace at Pearson FF. Um, we are just starting some new writing opportunities over at DLF. Um, I think Caleb's going to be breaking down the, uh, I think the 2021 season. Um, and I'm, I'm working on the 2023 season. Um, so kids that are just being recruited now, but you can always follow our show. Um, we just got our third episode up today at the Devi marketplace. Um, so it's literally just talking about Devi players and the buys and sells and really just looking at trade value, um, to really kind of pinpoint down kind of what these players are worth. And we've had just a crazy amount of super cool guests on um and it's not it's not stopping anytime soon so we're going to have uh, ray gq on next week and we're only going to be answering listener questions so if you have questions about debbie leagues about 2020 rookies about um anything about college football or just want to know more about our lives and want to want me to talk about the best show in the world which is the office uh feel free to ask <laughs> questions and we will always uh be willing to answer those um but that that's kind of what we're up to. Um, we got we got a lot cooking and got some really cool stuff working, and it's going to be uh, really exciting to kind of see what happens next. Yeah, Kane, it was great to meet you. We really appreciate having you on. I think anybody who's listening to this has gotten from this episode at a minimum that you know what you're talking about, you know, and you put a lot of time and a lot of effort and just a lot of care uh, into where you're putting these players and what you're doing for the future. And I just find I just find it just really intriguing, and I, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Yeah, so Caleb and I kind of look at this as our our second full time job. So we're spending about forty hours a week, either writing or looking up stats or watching film. Um, and usually, the film watching takes up a lot more than the forty hours that we like to admit, um, especially this time of the year. Um, so we're we're really jazzed to be uh, to just have these opportunities. Really blessed. Um, by the big man upstairs to even like have these opportunities for us. Um, but thanks for having both me and Caleb on. I know he'll say thank you. And I know he wants me to plug the show as much as possible. Um, so that's at the Devi marketplace. 
Yeah, and it really is a great show. Um, certainly worth a listen. It's it's great stuff, and and I'm sure our listeners will check it out. So, with with that, hey, it's into the show. We're the Fancy Joes. You can find us at FF Joes on Twitter. We are shifting the show. You know, during the season, we release the show um, at the end of the week. You know, on um, you know th- Thursday, Fridays. But now we're back to Monday. So. Um, we're going to go back to the money schedule. we got a lot of exciting things coming up, and we're going to keep talking about rookies. So on behalf of Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Jokes. Anthony McFarlane. <laughs> the Easter egg at the end. <laughs>